a one, and a two, and a one, three, four. Or I'll do it like the boss. One, two, three, four. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Beat Grinder, the award-winning podcast, Game Time CT, weekly dose of high school football in Connecticut. And I am your host, Sean Patrick Bully, and with me, as always, is Mr. Molly Higby, Pete McGuaga, <laughs> Mr. Married Man. How's it going? So much has happened since we last saw you guys. I'm excited to be back. We're back. Football's back. It is September 3rd, a great Sunday, and I'm excited. Pete, how you doing? Welcome. Good, good, good. Yeah, it's been a while. It, it so honestly doesn't happened. feel... I know, but it doesn't even feel that long ago that, like, we were wrapping up the championships in December. Like, it doesn't really feel that long ago. Yet it's so far away. So much. Oh, I know. Just, so much has happened. We've uh, we got lots of different coaches and different things, and uh, you know, it's just been uh, yeah. But it's been a great, uh, great nine months. But I'm ready to get back into. It. I'm excited. You know, we've been hard at work. The whole staff at Game Time CD is doing an amazing job, especially Pete and Mike Fornabio, who have just been cranking out previews. I'm just reading them. I do a handful here, but they're just getting all the information. Pete. This week has been telling everybody he is just sick of looking at uh, uh, schedules and he could name everybody's schedule. Uh, and uh, he's just sick of looking at it. And uh, I, I don't blame you, Pete, but you've done an amazing job. Well, thank you. It's been a lot of work. And, and you know, getting previews for every single team is something we pride ourselves on. But I just cannot wait for the games to kick off. No more previews. No yeah. more reasons to cheer, reasons to fear. We, we get on the field. We, we get winners, we get losers, and we see all the teams in action. I just cannot wait for Thursday night. Oh, that's right. It's Thursday night. We kick off. We got about what? We got about seven or eight games on a Thursday night. We got a whole slate. What? How many we got, Pete? Oh, we got we got a lot of Thursday games to start the season for sure, uh, which has been pretty crazy in recent years. But I'm looking at it now. That's six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, sixteen Thursday games. That is amazing. 16 games yeah. Thursday nights. We got a bunch throughout the season, especially early on. Uh, we have a bunch in, in what week three because of the holiday or uh, was that yeah. week three? Yeah, we got a ton yep. there. Um, you know, it's not like you just, you know, kick off Friday night anymore. We got a ton going on. I mean, you know, big top 10 matchups, all this stuff. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it's just so much going on. But the, the big thing to start off with is just kind of like, all right, we, we catch our breath. We, we take a look. It took a little while this year for the CIAC to drop their divisions. I mean, like a month later, everyone was like in the dead of July when they finally figured out what the divisions were. They put that out there. And, uh, you know, not a whole lot of changes, Pete, but some significant ones. The first one off the top of my head, you know, is Notre Dame, your class M champions graduate the entire team and then they get bumped up the double L just like they'd intended it to as a school Catholic school of choice. So now they're in double L. That's Notre Dame. Uh, you know, other ones that are that are interesting in class L. Killingly is the big change. They move up from double M. They're a school of choice because they've been in the semifinals two years in a row. They move up from double M to L. They were in there last year. They lost to North Haven in the championship game in double M. Cheshire moves down from L. Middletown moves down from L. Xavier moves down from L. That's weird. That looks weird. It's only been, what, not even 10 years since our state championship in double L. Now they went from L, now double M. That looks odd to me, but uh, there you go. Uh, in uh, in class M, 
You have Holy Cross moving up from S. They're a school of choice. They went to the semis last year. St. Joseph has moved all the way down from L, all the way down from M because they did not go to the semifinals last year. So they got they got bumped just a bit. Um, those are the two big ones in M, class double S. Uh, you lose Cromwell Portland. You lose Valley Regional Line, which went to the finals against Joel Barlow last year. They've moved down to S. And then you just add New Fairfield, basically. Law also moves down from L to double S but they don't have John Nider. So, you know, I don't know what, what their prospects are going to be looking like. And then, of course, you have uh, in Class S, Cromwell Portland's in there. Stafford's dropped down as well. Valley That's a tough, tough division. Uh, but just overall, Pete, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the six? We're still doing six, but six state championship divisions. It just feels like we're a year behind on everything. Like, it's just... Uh, look, I'm, I've been of the mindset that, you know, the uh, Catholic schools should be in L and double L and all that. I just I, I kind of feel bad for Notre Dame where it's like great team last year. They go out, they win a state title. All those kids graduate, go on. And now it's like, OK, now you're going to double L or even killingly like for killingly. Yes, they are technically a school of choice, you know, but Ben Jacks is gone. The quarterback, uh, Tommy Dry- Drybles is gone. Like only Soren Reese really back, uh, and now they're in L. Um, and then seeing Xavier in in the double M is just bizarre. Like uh, all of this is a year too late, and uh, it's going to make for some really interesting playoff divisions. That some divisions are are going to be weird to look at. You know, you look at M with St. Joe's, and like you see tech schools, you see true small schools, and like. Who's to say St. Joe's doesn't go seven and three, sneak into the playoffs and have to travel to Nanawag for the first game to play, you know, to play Northwest United if they go undefeated again. It's just so bizarre. Um, and you just kind of look at M and it's like one of these is not the same. Two of these is not the same. And yeah. I mean, that could be it's like that old Sesame Street thing. One of these things is not like the other. Yeah, and uh, it's just going to be interesting. And uh, you look at M, and it's like Hand and St. Joe's, <laughs> and right. then and Holy Cross. And you look at like Rockville, which has done a really good job of being a competitive team the last you know four seasons. And uh, you're like, yeah, maybe they'll be able to break through. And it's like Hand, St. Joe's. You know, I, <laughs> you could. Put, it's going to be a wild division. Berlin's yeah. in there. Brantford's gone to the playoffs two years in a row. It's going to be a wacky division with Catholic schools, SEC teams, tech schools, and then actual true M schools. Yeah, it really it bugs. I mean, and it, coaches everywhere kind of get sick of it. And I beat them. Yeah, the six divisions stinks. Last year, we saw that just, you know, it rear its head. M last year was 500 teams getting into the playoffs. We don't want that. And that was but they all everyone. They seem to really like it. And I you know, get it. But, you know, maybe I'll concede this point. Maybe we can have multiple more than four divisions. Maybe we can have five, maybe six. But as long as we're doing it right, I, you know, I've always throughout the offseason, I looked at it. I thought we could do a, you know, you look at the 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 tech school league and you look at the the uh, the Pequot. I mean, a majority of those teams, they're all they're basically all the same. The, the, the tech schools is what is only four teams in there that are actually straight up tech schools. They're all co-ops. You know, and then they have tech schools as their as their host. But I think that if you take the Pequots, all these uh, the, the, the co-op and the tech co-op, I'll put that in all one division. I think you would have an amazing division. You had about 30 or so teams. Right. And you and you play a normal schedule and you can go to the playoffs. That'd be a great 
a great championship division. And then you fold everybody else into normal, you know, uh, four divisions and you have five champions. And I and it would still work out for all the teams that are all the public school teams are in there. Do you want to separate class uh, the, uh, the the Catholic schools? I don't think we have enough anymore. A lot of them are closing we can fold them all. They're all not really as dominant as they used to be. I and mean, that could change. It really depends. I think everybody right now, I think the big thing they really want to talk about, you know, changes. A lot of them are getting all the best guys are going to prep school. You know, that's something we can talk about down the, down the low road later. But at the least, you know, these schools get their kids. But, you know, they, they weren't completely dominant last year, unless you want to talk about Notre Dame being stuck in class. M. that's another thing that bugs me. The CIAC, the schools of the CIAC, just don't want to confront that. They just never have, and they never want to. The uh, the oh, they they actually had the school of choice. I'll say they could try to confront it, but this thing where you you they instead of saying, "Look, Notre Dame, you're in double L," or St. Joseph, you're in L, because like, your enrollment is S X Y Z. But uh, other than that, they don't they don't seem to want to do. It. They want to make it like so you play your way in. But now it happens is you get St. Joe now in L. Are in M where they were in L. You have St. You know, Notre Dame West Haven. They're in double L. They used to be in M. And it's just gonna be a mess like that. P- teams going up and down. At the very least, maybe you 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 bring it out a few more years, maybe four years or something to fix it. Something's gotta happen because this is just an it's, other, it's, other mess. I a lot of people aren't gonna like this, but uh, going by overall enrollment, I think is is, is a mistake. I, I understand why they do it. I get it. It's just it's not the same. Yeah, Bridgeport Central is a double L school. They have like 30 kids on their roster. Right. That's, That's not correct, the yeah. same. And then you look at some, you know, smaller schools that have good numbers. And it's like well, they have 80 kids and they're playing in class M. And it's like, okay, like the enrollment thing can't be the end. And, and I've said this for a while. I think the biggest mistake right now in the way that this is organized is that the belief that everyone is the same and everyone is equal because that's not true that's not the case everyone is different every school is different every roster is different so to just blanket over you know with just under the umbrella of enrollment i think is such a major mistake and if they ever get past that i think that's when we'll see change but you can't look and tell me that Crosby's roster in double L is the same as Fairfield Prep's roster in double L. I mean, Prep, they have like 100 kids on their freshman team. Yeah. <laughs> and they dress them for all the home games. Never stand on a Fairfield Prep sideline during a home game. It's a nightmare. But it's just like they're not the same. The roster size aren't. And it's impossible. It is impossible to figure out true roster size because so much changes. What's the, you know, again, I don't know about Bridgeport Central. I- yeah. Talk yeah. about Bridgeport Central. A lot of kids join the team when school starts. So what's your deadline for this, right? And even Vinyl Tech, I was talking to Doug Jackson this offseason. We were at a scrimmage. He had like 20 guys, and he's like, yeah, like probably 20 more will show up when school starts. Yeah. So like, how can you actually define that? That's a massive problem. But this enrollment thing, I think, is is just not the right way. To yeah, do I mean, you I need a base scores. You need a baseline. Um, that's your. That's the easiest one. I, I, you know, I still think that's the way to go. But maybe there needs to be a division two, like an NCAA two or like a division three type of a thing, where schools like Bridgeport Central, schools like Bassick, schools like you know maybe taking some of the tech schools that are by themselves. You know, schools with fewer resources. Equity is a big. It's just a huge problem. It gets worse every year. Teams that have like. You know, HD TV, you know, massive 
TVs on their sidelines. The kids gather around under a tent and everything. And then on the other side, you know, and they have like iPads and stuff. On the other side, you know, they're still, you know, just hoping their headphones work, you know, uh, things like that. Yeah. And kids having other ears. And, you know, there needs to be like a division two where you, you're where schools that just don't have the resources can petition in or we kind of start there. And maybe they play for a state champion, not the whole division. I know we've talked about doing it like hockey over the years and stuff, but maybe it just needs to be here is like this, this. Uh, for lack of a better word, a remedial or, you know, uh, just a different type of division where schools can kind of build themselves up if they, uh, you know, don't just don't have the resources and and play in there. And maybe they stay there or maybe they move after that winning it a couple times. But uh, maybe that's the answer. And there's your six divisions. You have four, you know, Catholic slash publics with a few schools of choice. And then you have a the co-op division and then you have the you know, the 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 you know, help us vision, the remedial division, as it were. So maybe that's an idea. You know, we we'll, we'll could talk about this all year long. Uh, you know, we we've done it as nauseum. But uh, you know, another big issue I have with all this stuff though is just the scheduling. And we you kind of look at some of these schedules, the CIC like we does it one way, and then we have the scheduling of the alliance, you know, creating like made for TV matchups that you know there's no TV for really. Um, and uh half the time, you know, they're they're a day late and a dollar short. Or a, a day late, or a year late, and two players of the year short. They have Law and Barlow playing week one. Uh, guys, where was this? Where was this last year? Oh, we didn't know it was going to be a great matchup. So they do it a year later. Uh, you know, you know, I have my issues with the alliance. At least they've kind of, you know, they, they two back in nineteen ridiculous Newtown playing every team in the SEC. Um, you know, I I like the alliance. It's just one week. You start off kickoff week. We do have these great matchups. And then we get back into actual, real, equitable, equitable schedules. Not this thing where we're playing like, you know, the every team on my my schedule, if I'm Shelton or Prep, is a, is a playoff team. It's just it's it's insanity. The leagues are doing one way. The NVL has gone to a power schedule, but they're not in the alliance. You have, uh, you know, other divisions there. Everyone does it differently in the leagues. And the CIC just does it straight by basically give or take by winning a record, you know, and, and if you're in an alliance boost. But that still remains a, a massive thing. There are teams that have just the easiest schedule in the world, you know, because their their league set it up that way, and then you, and they're playing divisions where there are schools that play the toughest the the the, the toughest schedules in the state, and that's got to be fixed. Again, the schedules are all over the place. It's ridiculous. Some of these schedules, Pete. Yeah, I mean, who did Shelton piss off to get nine playoff teams on their schedule? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, and their and their tenth game is against Xavier. Like, not a bad program, especially considering they're moved down to tier two in, in the SEC. They should have a good record when they meet on November 10th. But, I mean, you look at Shelton's schedule and you're just like, what did, you know, you don't get, you don't want to say you get off games, you know, but like there are some games where you're like, hey, maybe our starters will only play the first half. So, you know, we can see some other guys. Every game's a dogfight for Shelton. Yeah. From week one to week 10, it's a dogfight every single time. And it's like, that's not fair when you look at some other schedules. When you could just compare, let's say, you know, we think the FCAC and the SCC are the two best, you know, uh, conferences in the state. So you look at Shelton, who's an L, right? And then you look over to New Canaan, who's an L. And New Canaan has one, two, three, three playoff teams on their schedule. Yeah, come on, guys. Like, again, New Canaan's a great program, defending champ. Like, we know they're going to compete, but, like, one is not like the other. And they're competing for the same thing. Yeah, a big problem is SEC does it three tiers, and there are not three tiers of SEC teams. I'm sorry, there isn't. You know, I'm sorry. Some teams are just going to have to be double L schools that play tough. 
you know, tough to compete. That's the way we find out. That's what the regular season is supposed to be for. The regular season is supposed to be for everybody gets thrown into a pot. We have, you know, equitable schedule. We, you know, we don't play the. It's not the NFL, guys. We don't have a draft. Like Shelton can't go out and find, you know, get draft somebody, uh, you know, because they finished uh, whatever they finished. Or North Haven can't go out and draft somebody. We don't have that. We, we you know, you can't make the schedules tougher just because they finished number one. You know, it's it, the class could be all gone by the next year. Look at Notre Dame. The whole class, a whole different team. So, you know, the SEC, you know, we keep harping on the SEC and we keep, you know, the, 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 there's just no, there aren't two, three divisions there. The hand and Xavier going down there, you know, and I know hands and M, but, but, but again, you guys are doing it one way and the SEC and the, and the CIS is doing it another. <laughs> and know. then the CCC, the CCC shuffling every year. Uh, yeah. The NVL looks like it's shuffling every year with Torrington going oh. down um, and Gilbert going up. Like, yeah, good for Gilbert. You know, they're showing they could play in the NVL, but Freddie Camp's playing at URI now. So, yeah. like, he's not back. Like, he's not coming through that door. So now it's like, now Torrington gets to go down and play a schedule where there's something like 44 and 10 against in the last, like, five years or whatever. Well, how about this? It's how just absurd. This? Or in the Crosby? last 10 years. Crosby is a double L school, and they play in the second division of the NVL. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say they win eight games and, you know, next thing you know, they're in, uh, you know, they're hosted. They're at the, at the up in Waterbury. They're hosting Fair, Fairfield prep. Yeah. You know, which went six and four, you know, against Shelton and, you know, West Haven and Hamden. And, you know, it's just, it's just, everything's just a mess. It, we were completely sick about schedules and everything. And, then they fixed it, but they never quite ever fixed it right. And, you know, I hate to be like, you know, just harp on this stuff all year. It's just uh, but when you put all these previews together, this is the stuff you notice, man. This is the stuff, you know, you notice. there are some teams. There are some teams that have a lot back who are probably going to have worse records because of the way their schedule sh- shook out. And that's a shame because like this, they built last year one, you know, this one school I'm thinking of won four games. All their skill guys are back a lot of experience and you look at their schedule and they're like those teams that they beat last year are not on their schedule anymore. Yeah. And it's like, well, how are we supposed to continue to build um, if we're just going to throw everything at them the next year after yeah. winning four games? And well, that's going to suck. I know hand struggled last year, but now they got some kids back, you know, they're, they're second or third year in Eric's system. Now it's his team. And uh, you know, their schedule last year was tough. You know, Shelton, Newtown, Cheshire, Notre Dame, West Haven, and all that stuff. So then they're like, oh, well, we're going to move because the SEC system. We're going to move you guys down. Uh, so now you guys get. So here's hand. Here's who hand get. They got Benel. They got prep. OK, Xavier, which has moved down with them. And Hill House, Wilbur Cross, Jonathan Law, Branford, Amity Sheen and Guilford. All the, I, mean, I think hand is like 25 and five against that lot uh, all yeah. time or not all time, at least since 04. Yeah, uh, since all time. It can't be that. Yeah, it can't be that different all time. But uh so again, that's yeah. We need eight, to figure that out. It's going to be a a running theme with us. They all are they are fifty four and eight against those teams the last twenty years. It's ridiculous. So what it's okay to have a bad year, guys. It's okay. Like we don't need to like make it easier just because you had it. We don't have to feel bad for everybody. You know, like I said, if we need like a a, a remedial or a small division just to get your dander up as before you go into the general pop. Uh, okay, fine, but not this. Don't this hand in West Haven thing where they got to go, you know, ten and zero or nine and one, ten and zero. Now they get the now they go play with the big dogs again, and while the rest of the guys get a break, and you know, it's just 
you know, I don't know, Pete. I don't know the I don't know the real answers here, but it's it's gotta be something better than this. We gotta no we easy gotta, we gotta unify. We gotta unify schedules, we gotta unify divisions, we gotta figure that out. And I think that's my I'm gonna keep beating that drum uh till the end of time. So other interesting stuff going on um uh this year. The another other big change is obviously coaches. I think there are about twenty-four or five coaching changes, some really interesting ones too. Um, you know, I'm gonna star over at Darian, uh, where Andy Grant takes over. Uh, for Mike Forge, who, who didn't last two years, won a state championship. Second year, did not make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, you can see the writing on the wall there uh, for uh, for Mike Forge. Hopefully he does well. He's moved over to Norwalk, uh, which was in dire need of a coach. I think he's a great fit for those guys uh, in Norwalk. Um, you know, they're getting a new school, a new field and everything. Uh, so that'll be interesting uh, there. Um, both New Haven schools, for the first time in a long time, in at least 10 years almost, uh, I have new coaches, both with college experience. Walter Gibbs makes the short walk from uh, SESU down Sherman Parkway over to 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 the Hill House, not Sherman Parkway, to uh yeah right I forget which Parkway it is anyway the Hill House. He takes over for Reggie Lytell, and then you have Wilbur Cross. Uh, John Aquavita has gone up to Newington. You know he just look we're looking for a new change. I think this is one of his last jobs. Like he just he's been in New Haven since he's been a head coach. Uh, he moves up there. Now you have Alberto Cordero, uh, who comes over from the University of New Haven, taking over for him. Uh, and uh, another move was North Brantford. Mark Basil quietly didn't know. I didn't get an email, not a text message. Hey, I'm stepping down. But quietly, after like 20 something years, he's out at uh, North Brantford. Taking over is Anthony Salvati, who comes over from Guilford, leaving a vacancy there. Mike uh, Brian White, his assistant, the lacrosse coach at Guilford, he takes over there. One of the ones that made one of the biggest waves was uh, was uh, Dan Farina, Pete, taking over at Newtown. A Fairfield guy by way of New Canaan. He was the offensive coordinator in New Canaan. Hope he didn't put that on his resume. They were tough. They were, they were, they were tough last year, New Canaan's offense, though. Even though they won the state championship, they didn't really score many points. It was a 16-13 final in that game. Uh, yeah. But, they, yeah, he takes over the Newtown job, which was, you know, kind of a surprise. But he's young and anxious, and we're really looking forward you know, only four years out uh, from winning a state championship. So uh, we'll see how he does. Um, you know, we had some new coach meet the the new coach meet is the same as the old coach where Alex Backus takes over at Tolland. Um, you know, Robert Rubin, he's now back at Prince Deck after being away. Tony Benino's over at Cheney and Joe Arsemily is over at the uh, Quinnebog Valley. He takes over after a year off. And uh, and then there are a couple unexpected departures. Harding's Eddie Santiago out just weeks before the season. They've kind of scrambled to get a new coach there. And then it's not quite a change, but right now, as far as I know, Steve Christie has not coached Mastic at all this preseason. Uh, he is out. Uh, nobody at Mastic has, or in Monroe Public Schools, is saying why. Uh, sources have told me that it is a, uh, they're reinvestigating a disciplinary uh, issue or, or some incident that might happen a year and change ago. And, uh, you know, he's been out. They haven't said much. Uh, but, you know, there, here we are a week away, not even less than a week away from the season. They're going up to Killingly. And Brian Halp, a former uh, Trumbull assistant who's been with, with Christie at Massac, he takes over there. But, but right now, we're really in a team that's supposed to be excellent with Jason Champagne and, you know, a lot of guys coming back from that team. And Massac, right now, kind of in limbo, heading up to, to, to Killingly. That's going to be a kind of a tough spot there. But uh, Overall, you know, some new faces everywhere. And, uh, you know, I'm really interested in a few of them. Uh, we'll see what happens with Massic. But, you know, Forget at Norwalk, I mean, any, anybody stick out to you, Pete? Uh, Farina, for sure, at uh, 
at Newtown. You know, like you said, he was the OC at New Canaan. He coached at New Canaan before he was the OC as well. Got to learn. I mean, if there's a coaching staff you want to learn from, it's Lou and Chris Silvestri and and those guys. A uh, lot of intelligence on that staff. So he learned from there. Like you said, he's a Fairfield guy. I'm excited for Andy Grant at Darien too. Um, you know, he was a longtime assistant there under Trafone and then obviously under Forget. And I'm I'm also excited for Mike to go over to Norwalk. And uh, you know, that's a program that really needs some stability. Yeah. Um, you know, they've been playing the, their own version of the coaching carousel themselves. Um, the last yeah, couple like, of what, seasons. Six, what do they have? Like one, two, three, four. This is our fourth coach in two years or something like that. Uh right. Yeah, 2021 was Pat. Yeah. 2022 was Sean and two and Pitucci coming back. And now Forge. Yeah, Ireland stepped down after the 19 season. So, you know, for them, it's a good program. They have athletes. You know, we Sean Ireland and, and Pat Miller proved that Norwalk could compete. And uh, but I think it's just getting that stability. So I'm excited to see what Mike can bring there. I mean, I'm pumped for the new Haven for the new New Haven coaches in Gibbs and Cordera. Uh they both yeah. seem to be you know, they're both alums, which is great. They're bringing a uh, youthful energy to these programs. Um, they, you know, both those programs can win. You know, we've seen it before. So pumped about that. Uh, it, it it seems like a lot of good. And then you mentioned the, you know, the, the old coaches are back to uh, some of their older spots. And, uh, you know, I think, I, you know, we have a great story on Alex Backus on our website uh, by Carl Adamek. And, you know, Alex Backus was like 25 when he got his first coaching job as a head coach, you know, now he's older, wiser. Uh, I'm excited to see we've seen Tallinn be good. So uh, I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do there. Um, and another yeah. one that comes up, comes to mind is Bobby Sanchez taking over at new London. New London has been kind of quiet over the last few years. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of a, a door dormant program. He's fired up. He's been reaching out to us. Hey guys, I'm going to come out and see the whalers this year, guys, you got to come out and see the whalers. Week two, I think they play Fitch right right off the out of the gate. I mean, I think who was their week one game? Um, I think it was somebody pretty decent, if I remember. I gotta have these New London. Up. Yeah. Yeah, New London's got a pretty good schedule. They opened with Stratford uh, at Pendersfield, um, then Fitch, Boy. EO, Weaver. Some winnable games on that schedule early. Uh, they do end with Wyndham killing Lee and NFA. So yeah going to be a really interesting year in the ECC for sure. Uh, one of the interesting coaching changes in the ECC was Jude Kelly, actually. You know, this is kind of weird. You don't think of this as being ECC, but Jude Kelly, who actually re, you know, got Weaver restarted. And now they, they, he stepped down and for months they couldn't find a coach to coach Weaver. And finally got it, you know, got a guy in there who's got a little bit of experience, but uh, that's, that's a tough, you know, I don't even think Weaver had much of a, I don't think they got their conditioning weekend until he, he got, he got there like a weekend. So they're they're like a week behind. And that's a team that's you know struggled to win games. I mean, they did win some games last year, which is great. But uh, you know, that's that's another tough situation. I guess the last one I want to bring up is uh, Jason Quaz gone. And you have a Tobias Cesar uh, now at Windsor Locks East Granby Suffield. There's a program you don't hear a ton about. I think mean, they a really good player once, maybe about ten years ago. And uh, you know, there's another, but that's that should be an interesting change. I mean, and then overall, just changes. The other thing that really happened league wise other than the SEC doing its shuffle and NVL and that stuff was uh, Morgan and uh, old Saybrook Westbrook are now one power team. They decided their numbers were just kind of shrinking on the shoreline. And uh, so that'll be interesting. Kevin Sullivan, the Morgan coach has been there for uh, this will be a couple of years now. He's now the head coach of the, of the whole shoreline there. And uh, 
former Thanksgiving rivals, Pete, uh, that should be fascinating as well. Um, and now the shoreline kind of has a little bit, bit of a different dynamic now. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Morgan was in the playoffs only a couple of years ago. Yeah. So 2021 wasn't that long ago. No. And there's so, another nigh. So there's another nigh. So there's another way. I mean, yeah, there's a ton of talented kids on the shoreline. And, you know, just a quick thing about uh, these co-ops is, I, you know, I think when you get to a point where you have three co-ops, I think you need to rebrand, rename yourself just for sanity's sake. Like Hogginshaw oh needs God. to, you know what I mean? Like, like, like and Northwest United, which is uh, Nanawag. Well, the host is Wilkitech, but Nanawag, they play at Nanawag's field. But it's Nanawag, Litchfield, uh, who was the other? Chapog. Chapog, I mean, which I didn't know. I guess they added Chapog last year. Uh, so that's that's kind of like, you know, they call themselves Northwest United, but you know, the the North, the the Gilbert Northwestern and Housatonic one, that should be the Berkshire League All-Stars. <laughs> I think that'd be a great day, but you should name yourself something like something regional or, you know, so now they have, you know, M O S or M. What is it? What's Morgan now? MSW. MSW. So Morgan Saybrook Westbrook, mm-hmm. which just call yourself Shoreline. Shoreline, uh, the Shoreline Wolves. Or, you know, whatever you call it. The Shoreline about, Sea Captains or the Pirates. What about you know, Windsor Locks, Suffield, East Granby? I yeah, know we just talked about them, but that is a lot of characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, nothing beats Coggins. Coggenshaw, Hale Ray, East Hampton. Uh, uh, Stafford, Summers, East Windsor. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, let's. I, I, I just think you should find something. They do it in hockey a lot more than they do it in football. I think we should do that. Pete, I've got good news for you. And if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, know the, the uh, that you're not seeing things that is uh, that is a jump cut. We're not the Flash over here changing clothes immediately. <laughs> this is a, a couple days later. The the but the good news is we're so we're we're throwing this in here because the top ten poll wasn't done then. Now we got to come back back into the studio and record. The top ten poll has just dropped as of yesterday, and uh, it's an interesting one, Pete. So let's. What, what should I do? Should I start at the bottom? Go bottom up? I mean, you've probably seen yeah, that. Already. Always, always got to go bottom up. Always right. got to go bottom right, so up. Here, so here we go. Number 10 in the game time CT preseason top 10 poll. Number 10 is St. Joseph squeaking in at the number 10 spot after losing to Cheshire last year. Great season, but they lost in the quarterfinals. A rare one. And they're dropping to class M. Um, number nine, Notre Dame West Haven, which lost a ton of guys to graduation off their Class M championship team. Now they go bump it up to class double L. They get in there uh, with uh, 251 votes. Okay. Number eight is Staples. They got beat last year on a last second field goal miss by Fairfield Prep. That game could have gone either way. They come at number eight, Caleb Smith, and the guy is anxious to, to make amends for that. They're in double L. Number seven, Ansonia, your reigning class S champions. Somebody threw them a number one vote, and I think we all know who that is. Jimmy Zanner from the, the uh, Bulletin of Norwich, who wrote a column saying he voted to Ansonia number one. Okay, Jimmy, we love you, but okay. Uh, they uh, uh, come back, you know, no Cassetti, but uh, plenty of guys back for the Chargers, including Malachi Ingram. Number six, Southington. They get back Evan Anderson. The quarterback is back. Some guys back there. They get a first-place vote. They also lost in the first round last year. Um Kind of unbelievably, Trumbull ran over them, 34-25. So they have some things to, to figure out, the Blue Knights. Number five, your boys, Pete Maloney. They lost a heartbreaker in New Canaan. Could not score against that defense. 16-13, to class 
L possible class L favorite Dante Kelly, obviously one of the great, great players of the state first team register player. Number four, North Haven. Speaking of great players, Adam Pandolfi and the Nighthawks coming back after winning the Class Double M Championship last year. They're at number four. Uh, they'll be a favorite possibly to, to repeat. We'll see. Number three, Fairfield Prep. Been to the Class Double L Championship the last two seasons. Maybe this is the year that they get over the hump. Obviously, they got Morris going to UConn, and the quarterback is back, and just the, you know, they just have like hundreds of kids on their roster, so... Don't ever count the Jesuits out. They come in at number three. Number two, New Canaan, which, you know, lost a lot of guys from last year, especially Groff, the kicker slash quarterback who kind of, they needed him last year. And they come in at number two and, uh, you know, they uh, they got some work to do, but a lot of respect being shown because why not? Lou Marinelli is one of the all-time great coaches and they, uh, they're they in at number two. We'll see about the Rams. Too. And then number one, obviously, I mean, who else? But Greenwich Pete, 23 first place votes. Uh, you know, they get a new quarterback, uh, kind of a new line, but they have the Von Velakis brothers. They have guys. They're Greenwich. They're on a roll. There it is. The top 10, Paul, Pete, your first impressions of this. It's a weird one. It, it's definitely a weird one. The preseason poll is always a weird one. Uh, Greenwich being number one seemed like the safest option. Uh, not that I live in safe because my poll is usually all over the place. But I will say this about the poll, and I did some research. Uh, for a new wow. thing that we're doing, the by the numbers um, thing. And I pulled up some interesting facts regarding the poll. Do you know that four straight years, the team that was named the number one team in the game time CT preseason poll reached a state finals? Really? Who do you, who are And uh, Greenwich last year, Darianne in 21, Hand in 2019, and New Canaan in 2018. Now, New Canaan and Hand both lost. Right. And then in the back to back years, the last two years, the preseason number one team has finished as the end of the season number one team. Uh, Darien in 21 and Greenwich last year in 22. Wow. So all signs are pointing to a really good season for Greenwich, regardless of all the replacing uh, that they have to do. Look, I'm a fan. I think Anthony does a great job. I think they have a great coaching staff. Um, George Von Bullock is getting a lot of the carries for Greenwich is going to be huge. Pete, uh, first team All-Stater on the line as a sophomore. He's going to move to center. I mean, look, if anyone can coach offensive linemen, it's Anthony Morello, a former first team register player himself. Uh, and him and I spoke and he was like, hey, yeah, we got a lot of new guys, but this is my bread and butter. So I have faith in Anthony that he's going to be able to get him up to speed quickly. Um, I like Greenwich a ton this year. Um, I like Rocco Grillo, who is projected to be their quarterback. He looked, I saw him in warmups once and I turned to a coach. I was like, dude, who is that lefty throwing like 65 yard bombs? And they're like, oh, that's Rocco Grillo. He'll probably be the starter next year. And like, oh boy, could he throw it? Uh, but to get away from the 10 quickly, I just want to point out Windsor has a first place vote and yes. they're number 22 in the poll 22. because. They only I voted for him. You voted for him. And someone gave him a first place vote. There's some math that needs to be added, but I think they only showed up on like four or five ballots, which is mind blowing with how talented they are, because clearly no one is reading our previews. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we should be doing these previews next year. because Nobody reads them. Apparently Windsor were like yeah. singing their praises. Number one, a blah. You know, you know, somebody took us to heart. Windsor's going to be good this year. But uh, they come in with 86 points 
I mean, that number one vote right there, it's 30 points. Really? I voted him three. That's 26 points. That's 56 of the 86 points. Yeah, I think I got him at nine-ish around there. I you know, I wanted him in my top 10, but. I, they are so talented. They are so, so talented and experienced. A lot of guys played last year uh, that weren't seniors. They went six and four, missed the playoffs by a game. I mean, if they don't go for two in the opener against Weathersfield and kick and then go to overtime and beat Weathersfield, Windsor's in the playoffs with a freshman quarterback. Uh, you know, A.J. Robinson took strides last year. He's going to be a sophomore with 10 games under his belt. And, you know, Kashmir Lewis has really started popping off to recruits. He's got he's got a handful of Division One offers. They have athletes all over the field. I am stunned that Windsor is 22. I am disappointed. I mean, this is it. When coaches complain about the preseason poll, like this is the reason why. I'm not saying Windsor – I mean, I voted them a top three team. I'm not saying they need to be in the top three of – but they need to be in the top 10. Uh, you look at a lot of these things, and a lot of these votes are based off of what happened last year. Look at Notre Dame at nine. Look, Joe does a great job, and Love. it all culminated in last year's championship run. But guess what? I think you have a hard time. Guess what? Jacob Staten's not walking through that door. He doesn't have another year of eligibility. This is not college. Yeah. Right? Oh. Christian Lewis isn't coming back. Mike Matt Picota's not coming back. These guys are gone, graduated, on to the next level to do great things. They're not playing for Notre Dame. I didn't vote for Notre Dame. Notre Dame did not get a vote for me, even in my top 15. And I don't understand how they got all these votes. Even prep, prep at three. Prep's a machine. They, they, I'm back to back double L championship appearances. I I get vote. I put them at 10. I I think they're going to be good enough. They're going to get enough points. Even if they lose a couple of games early, they'll be in the playoffs and, and they can go and do their thing. In the play, I mean, they got in at seven and three last year, so it's not like they lit the world on fire in the regular season either. But they're going to be there. But I think ten is a nice place to put a team that's replacing like twenty of twenty-two starters, right? Notre Dame got gutted, and and Fairfield Prep lost a lot of guys, but they I, at least you could I can kind of understand Prep a little bit more. I mean, I know Notre Dame, I just know they're completely gutted. It's it's not even the same team. Like, and I'm, and we said that in our preview, but as we mentioned, nobody reads the previews. You know, maybe we get a you know lead them down, uh, lead them to the trough a little bit more. Or a couple other teams that I, I thought really need to be in there, Pete. Uh, I voted Trumbull pretty high, eight and four last year in the semifinals. You know, they got the two backs. Went Johnston. Uh, who's the other one? Your boy, John uh, Hall. Oh, yeah. Love John Hall. Crushed Southington last year when uh, Johnston was hurt, so they got both of them. Morris maybe trying a little option, bring that back. Cheshire, I also had in there up high, pretty much. Matt Jeffrey is a player of the year candidate easily. Uh, Shelton, I will talk about it later, but I think Shelton deserves a lot of love there. Darian, man, I, that's the first time Darian's drinking not- the Kool Aid. That's the what's that? You're drinking the Kool Aid. What as far as Shelton goes or Darian? No, Darian. Well, look, Darian, new coach. You know, they didn't make it last year. They easily could have if a couple things go their way. It's that close. Uh, you know, and I think the kids there, you know, we saw them at Dave Rudin's thing on a colony pizza. You know, they're very quiet, you know, but they had that, you know, that self-assuredness uh, that you like to see from dairy ed players. Uh, you know, they didn't, you know, I'm sure they heard it around town or from New Canaan when they're out. You know, what happened to you guys last year, man? <laughs> so uh, I know made them lift the weights a little bit more in the weight, you know, a little bit harder in the weight room. 
you know, after hearing about, you know, that they're completely falling off and they let the program go. Uh, Darian, another team that that so they're they're a team I thought was interesting. Massic, another one way down there. I was shocked about that. I think Massic. I mean, listen, turmoil aside, uh, I think Massic is going to be very good this year uh, if they can get past that. Um, and then uh, uh, and then West Haven, which now uh, really quick about West Haven because this just happened and it's <laughs> just wild. I get a tip yesterday, so we're publishing the fifty players to watch. 50 players now, uh, CIC players to watch. And then I get a tip that, that Cameron Kemp, the Hamden running back, who was great, came on there for uh, for Sean Mills when and they beat prep, and that was the first time in years, and really spurred them into the playoffs and and great season. And he was back. I saw him at hand last like a week from Saturday. Well, turns out he's now a West Haven. So, so uh, yeah, uh, Cam Kemp is now at West. The best Hamden back is now the best West Haven back or best even player uh richie Beauchet confirmed it last night says he lives in town if you're in if you move your address you can play right away i mean there are a lot of people who don't understand that if you if you change schools but you keep your address then you can't you have to sit that's the way it works you know if we if we would never you know kids would never ever play again if if they just change addresses and couldn't play for half the season so he's available immediately i would sure staples right now scrambling number eight staples they got west haven coming to town and so that'll be fascinating and then west haven versus hamden at hamden uh, you know how great that game was last year and kemp got hurt he was the one who uh who uh sprained his uh or, or sprained he dislocated his elbow it was just a gruesome injury and his boy armani reed uh from west haven came to comfort him now they're on teammates and hamden fired up gonna be fired up get your tickets now october 6th so that's a wild development. You know, I, I, it's just I've never heard of that close to the season, that big a transfer peak. Yeah, I, it was wild. I, I mean, just I, with everything that's going on in college sports, you know, everyone's like saluting like Deion Sanders and, you know, they had a great start. And he like basically flipped over the entire roster at Colorado through the transfer portal and everything. They went out and they upset TCU. So these high school kids see it, and it's like, well, they can do it. I mean, technically, we can in certain capacity. I, I, you know, I don't. I highly doubt that factored into it, but it, it is a common, you know, thing that's going. It's a trending thing that's going on in sports right now. But to see it happen a week before, right? Friday was his first day practicing with West Haven, so a week before their opener, they all of a sudden, it's like. It's like it's like getting it's like being in the NFL and your star player has been a holdout and then he just shows up a week before the season. It's like, oh, Saquon Barkley's back. <laughs> it's like, OK, now we got to prepare for him. Obviously, obviously highly different stakes, but that was wild how that happened last night. And yeah, I, don't... And, I mean, it's great for West Haven. Let's be honest here. It adds a wrinkle. I think we might have voted differently. I think people might have voted differently if West, if we knew that West Haven was going to have him. I think it changes a lot of things in the SEC tier one. Um, you know, in terms of like you know your kind of rankings of them. I think West Haven's a true player now in Double L, and I think that's something that was severely missing from them last year. Well, and I would, I'll tell you what. Well, in talking to Rich Boucher last night in uh, reporting this story, um, Rich said, "Well, I hope he, you know." doesn't mind running behind a bunch of new linemen because that's what we got. They graduated the entire line. So, you know, it's, we'll see, but it's, it's really interesting to see how, you know, uh, you, you talk about the, a lot of coaches were, were, you know, messaging me about it. They're like, 
it's just the, the there's just no loyalty. I don't know why Kemp left, but you know they, they say you see that a lot. You just see kids; they just don't care about the you know they don't care about the name on the front of the jersey. They all care about the what names on the back. Again, I don't. Her Brooks is rolling in his grave. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that don't. They they want to play with their friends. They want to go. You know, create super. Yeah. Teams. I mean, look, we don't know why he moved or or whatever. We're just looking at it from the football perspective. Yeah, we see it at the prep schools for sure. See the guys following each other all across the prep schools. You know, that's kind of where I'm getting this from. You know, again, I don't know what happened there. You know, maybe it's. Yeah, well, you know, you talk about, you know, now Staples has to completely maybe change there. I mean, I don't know how much you can learn in a week to get ready to play, but he looks like he's going to play. So, what you know, Staples now is to adjust. But then on the flip side, if you're Trumbull, you're like, whoo, whoo, wipe, you know, Mars like wiping his head being like, huh. We don't have to worry about that running back now. <laughs> so that is the top 10. Uh, you know, we're going to sort. It's a wacky one. There's people who are like North Haven, Fairfield Prep, you know, Maloney. So, you know, they're all looking at it. Notre Dame, obviously, the big one. You know, that they lost a lot of guys and people kind of scratch their heads about them. But again, a lot of our voters, unfortunately, did just take their votes from last year and they just put them. All right. Here now. Now play play down. So. The next vote will be the 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 first one. I think you'll really get a good look at it by week two. You, nobody cares about preseason. I mean, really, it's fun for us. Nobody really well, cares. I don't know if we're going to see. I think the best poll is probably going to come out after week three, the second big week of the Alliance, it, because there are some top 10 matchups already. And, you know, Shelton, New Canaan play week one. The loser of that game, how far are they going to fall? And then how long is it going to take them to claw back? So I don't know if the second week is going to be a better indication of what we're looking at statewide. But that's just me. Like, I, if whoever loses New Canaan or Shelton, I'm not dropping them. Like, I, or I'm not dropping them that far, you know, depending on how the game goes. But the loser of that game is going to fall out of someone's pole, and then they're going to just fall down. If New Canaan loses, they might drop from two all the way to, like, nine. You know, we'll be in. I mean, we'll see. All right. I got some questions for the season. Hopefully you can help me answer them. Sure. All right. Let's uh... let's do uh, top five questions for the season by Pete. Oh, all right. What do we got? All right. Quickly. Of the champions from last year, do any of them repeat this year? Do they repeat? My answer, who repeats? If anyone. Uh, I'm going to say we're going to have... Mm, I want to say, I say we have three repeat champs. Ooh, will you care to name them? I will name them when we get to that. Okay. All right. <clears throat> will a non-double L school be number one at the end of the year? Um, I think the answer is no. I think we're going to have a double L school. I agree. Um, Southington, a lot of guys back. Disappointing finish to last year. Hmm. Can they get over the hump this year? Do you just, can Southington win or get to the double L finals? They haven't been to a state championship game since 2000 and is that 13, 14. 2014 it was the last time they've been to the playoffs. They've won playoff games, but they haven't been able to get over the hump to get into the finals for it's been so years. long that their assistant coach, uh, Alex Jamelli is on the sidelines as a, as yeah. a coach. Yeah. So can Southington get over the hump? Can Southern get over a hump? Not this year. I think they're going to be good. I haven't voted number two, but not this year. Okay. Two more. Can Maybe they anyone get to a in final? It depends on how that breaks out, but I'm going to say it's no. It's going to be tough. Uh, can anyone in S play with Bloomfield or Ansonia? 
Ooh, the answer to that question. Well, let's see. Well, who is an S? Uh, well, I mean, Cromwell's gutted. That's a whole new team at Cromwell. Valley gutted. So that's tough. Who else? I mean, no more new Fairfield. That would have been tough. Shane's still up in North, double S, right? Yeah, North Brantford's not terrible. North Woodland, you know, Woodland's still there. He, the answer for me is just a solid no. I think we're going to see yep. Antonia Bloomfield again. I'll make my pick on who wins that later. Yeah. And then the last question, which new coach has the best season this year? Like record-wise, like not progress-wise, but like which new coach has the best first season? Oh, man, that's a good question. Pete, I'm gonna I go have with... one that's a little sneaky, but. <laughs> I'm going to go with Bobby Sanchez at New London. I hear good things. Okay. I'm going to go they with have a lot of kids Salvati. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to go with Salvati at North Brantford. Obviously, he's not a new coach, but he's at a new spot. And no, that, that I just I think Anthony's such a good coach. And I think with Hanson and Delpino, Delfino back, I think uh, I think North Brantford's going to be a team to watch in the Pequot for sure. I like North Brantford in the Pequot. I think they're in the Sasakis. I think they're uh, the team to beat in that uh, that division. I mean, unless Morgan, you know, got a ton of kids in, but. Yeah, I like North Brantford. I mean, Tommy has and Depino's a monster. He was all state last year, Depino. And then I looked at his film. I'm like, jeez, big kid. Yeah. You know, and, and Cron- those are those are my f- those are my five tough questions. No, those are those are really good ones. Thank you. Uh, I don't know. Uh, do we, I don't have any questions do, myself? <laughs> do we want to do our our division picks now? This is what I'm thinking for this. Do we want to do? Right, we're gonna do all six, so class S, double S, class M, class double M, you know, L and double L. Do we wanna do like who do we think and maybe like a dark horse to like keep an eye on? Like who do you think is gonna win the championship and then yep. who's the team that you have to keep your eye on? Yeah. Um well what if they're the same? Then then okay, so that I don't know. I just I feel like we can just go easy and say Ansonia or Bloomfield yeah. and, pass, and well, it's not are, really no, it's never, no, all right. All right. All right. Well, uh, want to start at the bottom? Yeah, I'll start at the bottom. You could go first. All right. Class S is very easy for me. Um, I am going to go with the Chargers. I know, listen, they lost some guys, they lost some dudes, but uh I don't see anyone beating them unless it's Bloomfield and Bloomfield lost some kids. Can Bloomfield even get in there? Uh, that's gonna be tough because the S is so, so tough. I mean, and thankfully Bloomfield's actually in a in a S style division, so they their schedule at least like you know that NVL. By the way, that NVL Copper Division, the whole division is like playoff teams. That's amazing, and yet none yeah. of them could beat Ansonia. Yeah, here you go with Ansonia. Not was the only team to beat Ansonia in the last 10, 10 years plus. You know, and uh, Woodland it looks like Woodland's gonna be all right, and I don't, you know, maybe not. I, 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 no one's beating Ansonia, so I'm gonna go with Ansonia. Steve, I mean Pete. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with Ansonia too. I was at that game last year, and uh, I just am confident in my Ansonia pick that they will. Uh, just looking at S, and I'm like, you know, the Pequot teams that we mentioned, Valley and Cromwell, you know, lost a lot. Uh, two great coaches, you know, wouldn't surprise me, but. 
I'm I'm looking at it. One team, a kind of like a sleeper on that I think could be pretty good is Notre Dame Fairfield. Mm. Um, I think they got you know some guys back. If they could get into the playoffs, I think that they can, you know, make a little noise there in S. But it really is Ansonia's to lose. I didn't give you my sleeper team in in this division, and I think uh, certainly a sleeper team to get in there, maybe do a little damage. Let's go. I'm going to go with Seymour, Pete. I think Seymour is going to be really good this year. Oh. Yeah, also quarterback, but they seem like they have a very right. Am I wrong? Yeah, they got they got guys back. Rossetti's back. Right, Rossetti. Um, right. Yeah, Seymour's I, not I, a bad pick. I, like, I think Seymour's due. I think Seymour, Seymour went to the playoffs last year. Uh, to, to be honest with you, I think North Brantford is the real. I think it's going to be North Brantford in the final. To be completely honest with you, I know I kind of fudged it there. I said Seymour's going to Seymour's your dark horse, but I like North Brantford there, and there's a second solid two or three, maybe Bloomfield's two. But I like yeah. North. Especially right. with let's yeah, let's uh, let's go to S. Who do you, uh, double S? Who do you got as your champion? Oh boy, man! <laughs> what's she, what's Sheen's schedule look like this year? Oh, yeah, geez. let's take a quick look at the Sheen's twenty twenty three. They start with Fitch, one of the probably going to be a good team, and Ledger, good team last year, and North Haven. Jeez. Uh, Shan, uh, I'm gonna go with let's see, Brantford, Amity, eh, hand late in the year. And, okay, um, that's that's gonna be tough. Well, she it's double S, it's not S, so they're that's good news for them. Uh, who is but who and Granby, who else? Cog and Shaw. I mean, I think Barlow's got a lot of kids back, Pete. yeah, they do, yeah, they do. You know, they're not shaving, but, you know, I mean, Romano did really well. You know, you get the line blocking and the triple option. That's really tough. Wyndham's kind of gutted. You yeah. know, who else is in here? I mean, shh, shoot. Oh, this is a new Fairfield, but Fairfield, they lost but McCormick. They lost, they lost McCormick. Ledger yeah. lost Green. Law lost Niter. They're in this division. Now. I mean, the best player returning in this division is Atenese from Granby. Granby, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go peak. <laughs> Do I pick a champ right? Pick a champ first. I'm I'm going with I'm going with Barlow. Yeah. Did pick him wow. last year? What did I pick last year? GM? I I don't know. I picked Barlow in, in this Nailed podcast that. last year. And uh, my, here's the my thing. dark horse. Hold on, my dark horse. My dark horse P. I am going to go with Oh man, this is all at the top of my head. Are you not reading our previews? No, I no, well, no it's all I, <laughs> I read every single preview and now it's all <laughs> merging together. Oh boy, I'm gonna I, I'll I, it's an easy one for me. I'm gonna go Granby at least. They were good all last right. year. Yeah, I I I picked Barlow last year and I was like riding high all season. Like I'm a you know, no one first... forgets what you get wrong. They forget what you get, they remember what no, you get right. They no, they remember yeah, no, no, they remember what you get wrong. St. <laughs> Joe but, still killing you. Yeah, but that was like a game, like picking right. a preseason champ. Um, sure. So, like, I I don't want to go with Barlow again because I don't want to, like, you know, get cocky. And I love getting cocky. But I'm going to say I, I don't know. This division is so wide open that Barlow, I think, has the best team. Now, with games against, you know, Massick, they don't play Newtown. Um, I could see them going 9-1 and one in the regular season. 
New Milford's down after the quarterback transferred. You know, Brookfield's supposed to be better, but I'm looking at that schedule and I see maybe one loss to Masic. So I think I'm going to have to go with Barlow as my champ. And since you went with Granby as your dark horse, they were going to be my dark horse. My dark horse is the same as it was last year. It's Sheen. If yeah. Sheen can get in, they're going to win the championship. That but is- that's the hardest part for them. The hardest part for them is getting into the championship, uh, getting into the playoffs. That so is the- Sheen is technically a dark horse. That is the one thing they can say in the SEC. Yeah, we make a toss for you. But when you get in, man, you're winning. Yeah. Or name, you know, or what would name another one? She and a couple years ago, you know, they, they yeah. struggled. Hamden beat the crap out of them, you know, and they yeah. won double. Sorry, it was the, uh, yeah, the M champ, right? M, right? No, no. Go they ask. beat Hamden and won the S champion. S, S, S champion. Yeah. But they beat Hamden that year. It was a close game. They, Jordan Davis picked six in the fourth and quarter, sealed it. And beat them. Somebody. Beat yeah. Them. Prepped it. They lost to prep that year. But it shouldn't be that way. Like, yeah, okay. No, of course not. Point conceded SEC, but like, is that what you really want? You want your kids to like, if you just give Sheen a real schedule, they, that's the, that's the whole point. Oh, never mind. We, we, All right. So we're going to move over to M. Move over to M. Sean. Ooh, here, now we are. Yeah. M. Oof, class M for mess. Well, St. Joseph is here, number one, and that's going to be my dark horse. My champion is going to be the Daniel Hand Tigers. Sorry. And I didn't even look at the rest of them. Who's I all I know is I saw a hand in the scrimmage. They look good. Their schedule is they could sleepwalk that schedule. Sorry. Uh and uh St. Joseph is a dark because Joseph actually, you know, actually has some tough teams to play. And if St. Joe gets in, goodbye. Good night. Good night, Irene. Oh, Newland is a good dark horse here, but uh, you know, and they could probably get in, but I like hand as a champion. St. Joe is a dark horse pick. That'd be great. They, they played an epic game two years ago in, in the quarterfinals. Yeah, and then they played that championship one. game four years ago. Yeah, right, the famous. Um, poof. All right, so my champ, Um, I, I just – I they're going to get in, and I, I just don't think they're going to win. So I'm not going to pick this team. I'm just talking to myself at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with St. Joe's as my champ. Um, I think they're going to get in. I think the SCX schedule is forgiving enough. Will they'll get enough wins and points to to get in? Uh, my dark horse here, and I'm stuck between two smaller schools, uh, some true M schools, uh, and a and a and a school of choice. But I'm going to go with uh, my dark horse is going to be Brookfield. Mm. I've heard a lot of good things about their line. They're mm. big. Uh, Walter Waters or w- Walters, they're running yeah. backs. He had a great sophomore season. Uh, I think one and nine ready or something like that. Or one, or yeah, I think eight. we're ready for Brookfield to get back here. I think we're ready for Brookfield to uh, to get back to state relevance. And uh, we we've missed them. Yeah, I, so, I, uh, I said that to to, to Coach Mahler. Uh, I miss you guys. It's been a while. I mean, we used to do it every year, you know, Drysdale's or, you know, speaking of which, I, I think I saw Scott Lutris at the game on, uh, the, I went to the Yukon game for a half last week. Uh, it was great. You know, so Donovan clean playing, uh, playing cornhole. I saw Kevin Freeman giving me my tickets because on the alumni tent, I'm not an alumni. I don't know how I ended up there. Um, it was, it was something for Andy Baylock. So like my, my stepfather, uh, was going cause he, Andy Baylock, he was on his first ever team. My, my stepfather played at East Catholic. So uh, uh, we went there and it was cool. Kevin Freeman gave my 
tickets. But anyway, but uh, but Scott Lutris, remember you know, that whole crew and, you know, they were so great. Brian has just not had any luck. He was supposed to be really good in 2020 and they didn't have a season. So now they're yeah. starting square one and Brookfield. Uh, it's been a long time. And I looked at their preview, man. They got some big, big boys. And I said, I yeah. sent Brian a message. I said, if you guys throw the pat, throw a pat, they have a new quarterback. Because the last one, Borges, I think he graduated. And I go, if you throw one pass, man, that you, you uh, that you don't need to throw, uh, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that kid's man, they got some big dudes up front. Yes, yeah. that that's a great pick. I think that's a good pick. Yeah, Holy Cross was another one that I was thinking of. I just these NVL teams. NVL teams are tough, though. Yeah, that's tough. They're just weird. All right, let's go to Double M. You want to go first this time? I think I went I'll go first this time in double M. My champ in double M, this is a slam dunk for me. It's Windsor. And I think a dark horse. And I got some teams in here that I really like. Uh, some programs that I think are going to be really good. Like, I'm not picking them, but I'm pointing it out. I think Torrington's going to make the double M playoffs because they drop down in the NVL to the to the other uh the the copper division or Brass division. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, so I think we're gonna see Torrington in the playoffs. I wouldn't call them being a dark horse, uh, because I don't think, you know, once they get there, I don't know if they're gonna do anything. Uh, is Cheshire a dark horse? I don't know. But one team that I'm gonna pick, and you're gonna you're gonna call me a homer and whatever. I'm picking Platt. I think Platt's a dark horse. I think they got guys, they have a lot of skill guys, their schedule is very friendly. Right. Rocky Hill, Tallinn, Wilton's going to be tough. Avon, Ram, Bristol Eastern, South Windsor, Farmington, EO Smith, Maloney. That's eight and two. Just quickly going. And that Maloney game, they haven't beat Maloney in a couple of years, but that game is really kind of a toss up most years. Um, so I think Platt could go eight and two here and then get do some damage once they get into the playoffs. And I completely skipped over another team but they weren't going to be my champion so you can go so i mean what they lost all their their top skill guys that's that's a that's a that's a that's a what's the word I want to dark horse yeah oh that's a really that's a real dark horse maybe with charcoal <laughs> well, <how great. laughs> um i like in this my you know what i it's issues aside again i love Masic. To win in double M this year, um, that's not to say that uh, you know. I, I mean, again, I, I voted Cheshire pretty high, but you look at Cheshire's schedule. I mean, <laughs> talk about you know punching yourself in the face, SEC. You know, Cheshire's schedule is ridiculous, and I just had it up, and now I, I lost it. Ridgefield, Shelton, Glastonbury, Prep, Amity, Hamden, Notre Dame, West Haven, North Haven, West Haven, Southington. I mean, come on. So it's either going to be them or North Haven coming into this division. I don't know about man, maybe both, but one of them is going to be beat up. Uh, I like North Haven. I but I think my let's see, where am I? I think my dark horse here. Hmm. Oh, man. You know, I. you know what? Dark horse Middletown. Oh, I like this division. The more I look at it, like think about it. Look at this division, the potential playoff teams, Bunnell, Cheshire, Fitch, Massick, Middletown, North Haven, Platt, uh, Quinnebog for the sake of tech Thames river, uh, Torrington, Weathersfield, Wilton, Windsor, Xavier. That's a pretty good class. It's a, it's a weird, weird. it's a weird class, but I'm looking at like they're, 
there's some of these classes. I feel like I could pick the eight teams. This division's not one of them. Middletown, uh, veteran quarterback schemes, old man played, you know, Rosick, obviously his old man coached. It's a great, uh, you know, they got, you know, ask you, they got some guys, they got, you know, six back a total of 10 starters back. You want to combine them all. I thought they played very well in spots last year. It was Rosick's first year as the head coach taking over from Morello. You know, they were really close last year. And I think, you know, you look at their schedule at Connor Glassenberry, which had lost a lot of guys, new Milford, which lost Bronson. Then they, then they play Windsor. And, you know, those two schools are very, you know, cause they had like chili white was at Middletown and then he went to Windsor. So those, there's a lot of like, you know, people have lost between those guys. They have man at Manchester at Weathersfield, which would be, we didn't even mention Weathersfield yet. Have we, where are they in double M? I mentioned them. Yeah. I mentioned them as a team that can make the playoffs in double M. At Newington, their schedule is not tough, you know, not that tough. They have a tough game, Milton. I think they're going to be in it. And then they're going to, you know, depending on what they're thinking, they'll make some waves, I think. Uh, I mean, I'll, right now, I think it's massive over North Haven in the final, but what? They're going to kill me, North Haven. Pick the gets you again, Tony. Jeez. <laughs> uh, all right. So we'll go to L. Uh, I'll go first again. My champion in L. Uh, this division is not strong. And um it was like we thought it was gonna be really good. And it was not, but just not the greatest, the best division with double L last year, right? Yeah. L uh, L is L like, just doesn't yeah, this year it doesn't like, excite me. Um, so I'm gonna go and I'm gonna pick my champion. I'm gonna pick Maloney. I think that they have done it more. They've been to three finals since 18. They've won. Um, I think they were the better team in the L final last year. I think, you know, New Canaan is just excellently coached and had a kicker that could hit 40 yarders. Uh, and they had a great defense. But I think Maloney is the favorite here this year. They're, we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about Maloney week three when they play Greenwich. But other than that Greenwich game, Southington game, you know, in the eighth game, that schedule doesn't really scream um, you know, tough. Uh, so I like Maloney here and then a dark horse team. It's tough because you're looking It's like, well, Newtown should probably make the playoffs because they play such a small schedule in terms of like size that they're playing. Like they should win seven games. Um, Shelton, if they get in, I think will be good, but I think that's a big if they're going to get a lot of bonus points. Um, but I'm looking for a true dark horse team here. And I think that team. I feel gross saying it because they're not a dark horse program, but it's Darianne. I, you know, I know you voted them in the top 10. I didn't vote for them. Uh, they have a lot of new guys, a new coach uh, for all the points you brought up earlier. We were talking about the poll. I think Darianne's going to be pissed off. That schedule is hard, but I think they're going to really shock a lot of, you know, kind of not get back to the Darianne of old. I don't think they're there yet, but I think they're going to be good. I like, they have a lot of young guys. And if you, haven't seen Kevin Roach yet. Go watch Kevin Roach play. He's a man, six foot eight, uh, just stupid size. Uh, so yeah, Darian's my dark horse. Right, he's on the basketball team. <laughs> I don't know. Who do you got, John? Pete, week one, Friday, Dunning, not Dunning, Finn Stadium, state championship preview, right there. Yeah. Canaan at Shelton, get. Your tickets now. 
I think Shelton's going to be good, sneaky good. Like we, you know, we kind of glaze our oh Shelton, but I think they're going to be good. I mean, I would say New Canaan, like oh man, they lost everybody, Benedict, you know. But like you know, they were still one with a team like that last year, and even worse team. So uh, and then they're they just survive and they can get in. That's it, game over. That's what they. What, I can't stand this division. Um, but uh, uh, right, that right there, that's another thing. The Alliance completely like now one of those teams is going to have a loss, you know, and then some other, you know, chump down here is going to get in over. Them. I hope that. No, geez. But uh, I like Shelton. To, I like Shelton to win a state championship. I can't believe I just said that. I'm just going to throw that out there. Why not? I mean, Maloney, sure. All right. But I think Shelton's got some compared to all these other teams to the teams that Shelton to the guy Shelton has back. Ah, Gales, let's go. It's been a long time for Shelton. A long time. I mean, uh, Dan Orlovsky was a sophomore, I think, the last time they won. And it's sophomore in uh, Yukon, not not Shelton. Uh, Benando was last year. Uh, head coach, 2003. And that wasn't even like they're one of their all-time great teams. That was a that, that was a kind of a fluke because Staples was supposed to win that thing. We're just talking to Mars Petrosio about this. Staples was supposed to win it all in 2002. And then Jimmy Hughes got hurt in the quarter in the semifinal game. That was they didn't have quarterfinals. But Jimmy Hughes, one of the best players in the state, like I don't know, against East Line. That was it. Was it East Line? Um, yeah, right. Oh man, I think so. Anyway, but uh, but Shelton and then Shelton came out and you know blew the doors off and they won the state championship. And wow, we're gonna do this every year. And then Jeff Roy became coach and they were one. They were so close. 2014. Who can forget that? And then there were the, the other year they everyone got hurt. They were the I was, they I was were at best, that game. They were one of the best teams. I mean, they weren't going to be Darianne, but then there was that next. Oh my god, they at least could have shown up with some. Yeah, they lost a quarterback in the first play of the game. Yeah, Shelton's been snake bit, and that Precarillo one still haunts them to this day. They still think that that, that fumble didn't that ball did not come out uh, on the goal line there. So you know they're still chasing, and you know and I. I'd love to see, I, you know, maybe it's a sentimental pick because I'd love to see the Gales win the state championship. You know, it's been a while. Over New Canaan, that'd be a great. Epic game. Pete, double L. Who's your dark horse? Oh, my dark horse? Sorry. My dark horse is, oh, geez. That's right. I picked New Canaan to get there. But uh, I'm going to go with uh, dark horse there. Oh, geez. I'll go, I'll, my dark horse will be Maloney. I mean, they, Dante Kelly, he's great. But, you know, they got some guys to replace, I guess. You know what? Darian's another good one. A good like, yeah. Uh, jeez. Uh, I'll go with Darian. How about that? I picked him high. Yeah. I know. <laughs> All right, double L. Uh, my champion in double L. I I voted the number one. I think it's a machine. I'm going with Greenwich. I I just think they're gonna have the guys. Anthony will get that offensive line in order. Um, George Vombalak is running the ball. Probably is the premier back after splitting carries last year with Konensberg. I think George is really good. Pete up front. Paco Grillo throwing the ball. I think Greenwich is going to be really good. And I think a sleeper team in double L that like any kind of anything can kind of happen with these guys. Last year it was kind of like last it was Glastonbury, I think. Uh, but my dark horse this year is going to be Brian McMahon. I am all aboard the Senators train. I think they have a very favorable schedule. Um, they have two good running backs in in and uh, Angie and I, I, Sorry, sorry, Jonathan. 
and pronounce your last name wrong. I'm really good at pronouncing names wrong. Uh, but I like McMahon. I, I think they can come in if they can get in, come in, you know, playing a double L FCX schedule. Um, I think they could, you know, maybe win a game in the playoffs, depending on who they get. McMahon's schedule at Eddie, then at Darian. Get Darian early. You're going to get him this year. Then they go, maybe you're right, Pete. They go four straight at home. Manchester, which we never know anything about because coach never sends anything back. Thanks. Bridgeport Central, again, it's real struggle. West Hill, struggle. Ward, <laughs> they lost, lost so many guys to transfers. Yeah, which, you know, Duncan can't get a break with that, you know. But uh, then they're at Ludlow, which interesting. And then Wilton and then New Canaan, then Norwalk. So that last stretch there, Ludlow, Wilton, New Canaan, that's going to be tough. But if they, eh, that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them to get in. And they need to beat, we're gonna be, we need to beat them. Wilton, New Canaan, Darian, or Ludlow. Maybe even Ward, throw a little Ward in there. So Norwalk, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, all right. Um, you, you know, I'm picking Greenwich. To win it all again, repeat as champs. Uh, dark horse, though. What's a real dark horse here? McMahon. <laughs> I don't see it, though. I don't see it the way I picked him so high. I mean, Southern, but it's a little dark horse. I'm not really going, I'm just going kind of like with a second team instead of a dark horse. Uh, I like West Haven, but you know, I think Trumbull's getting there. If you really want my honest opinion about it, maybe that's just because we. Talk to those guys during during Dave's yeah. day. Uh, they uh, right out of the bat, Hamden at Hamden, come down here. Anbury, Newtown, both you know maybe not be as strong. Ridgefield, we'll see. Ward, then the big one Friday. Get your tickets now, twentieth at McDougal Greenwich, and then they go Stanford. Then they're a White Whale. They can beat Staples. Not beat Staples. It's at Staples this year. They're maybe doing some other ceremony. You know just to kind of throw it in Mark's face or something. There's some ceremony there, uh, you know, induct somebody. Um, and then West Hill St. Joseph. Now that's St. Joseph game. They, they, they always lose that game too. So, you know, Trumbull's got its work cut off. That's why I'm going to make a, I'm going to make them a dark horse pick here. I think they can, I think they're going to get over the hump now. Like you said, two great backs. That's some beef. Yeah. Up. You know, quarterback's got to, that's going to be an issue, but maybe they won't need it. Maybe uh, they can just, you know, run option all day. I, I asked those guys, hey, Mars bringing up, Mars is bringing an option back yeah, a little bit. All right. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. There all you right. go. Legit. All right. Oh, well, uh, that is going to be a wrap for this, uh, this preseason meat grinder. Uh, if we had any technical difficulties, which it looked like we might have, Pete. Um, that you didn't notice on the on the uh, on the recording, but hey, uh, if so, we apologize. Um, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. Football is back. You know, we'll find out how, how wrong and you know how much we have, we got to go back and do our homework for week two. I think that'll be a good way to start week two. We're gonna say what did we learn from week one, <laughs> and it's gonna be a lot. So it's the craziest week because you never know where think guys are gonna go. So. Uh, that'll do it for the PD's Pick'em podcast and the broader Meat Grinder preseason extravaganza. It was a long one. Uh, yeah, I we had a lot to go over. Yeah, we got a lot to go over. We got a lot to do. I don't even know where I'm going on Friday night. There's so many games to pick. So it should be a good one. But uh, for Pete Pagwaga, I'm Sean Patrick Bowley. Welcome back to football season. This has been the Meat Grinder on DMCT. Love you all. 